don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. People still want to feel like they're talking to a human, but as marketers, we want to make it as easy as possible for ourselves. We had another Social Minds first as we were joined by Andrea Jones, who was speaking to us on Skype all the way from Canada. Now, Andrea is a social media strategist who works for her own social media consultancy firm, Online Dryer. Yes, if you follow a brand on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or any of the above, you've probably noticed that they've adopted quite a sort of individual personality. That's exactly what we're speaking to Andrea about this week. Brands adopting these personalities to better connect with their customers and also the changes in social media that sort of led to this. It's an art and a science to copywriting for sure. And it's going to be a very powerful tool for businesses to invest in learning how to speak the language of their customers, but also learning how to speak a sales language as well. All this and more coming up. Why are brands adopting personalities to connect with consumers on social? Yeah, I think that is such an important question because individuals are the people who are using social media. So even if you're a big brand and you're trying to connect with someone, generally speaking, you're connecting with individuals. Even B2Bs are connecting with usually an individual on that team in order to you know, make decisions and that sort of thing. So it's very important for companies, brands, big businesses, even smaller businesses to look at social media as a chance to showcase your business's personality, Um, a chance for your ideal client or customer to connect with you. And they actually will feel like they have kind of like a personalized connection point with you. And so if, you know, kind of that overarching idea, if we can somehow do that through social media, then that's where the magic happens. That's when we start seeing um, some of these uh, grassroots movements happening and people are speaking up for their brands that they love because they feel like they have a one-to-one connection with them Mm, absolutely do you do you think it's enough then um along those lines for a company to just broadcast from behind a logo and keep that like business tone of voice or does everyone have to adopt this more like personable um like more human-like personality I do think the human-like personality goes a lot farther um you can still have a human-like personality to a logo um, but even if you if you have a logo, uh, a lot of these bigger companies are using specific uh, personalities or influencers to speak on behalf of their logo, so to speak. Um, so they're still adding a personality, but maybe they're using a voice of someone who already has a platform or someone who's already influential in some way. Um, so I really challenge kind of businesses to look at, even if they have a logo as their kind of face or representation on social media, how can you infuse personality? with that logo in such a way that people don't feel like they're talking to a collective of, you know, the giant company so that their their social media followers and fans feel like they're talking to a specific person. Mm. 
I find it interesting as well, an, an example of this that I imagine a lot of people will resonate with, uh, Andrea, is the fast food chains. So McDonald's and Burger King being two of the most prevalent. Um, I know stateside and in the US and, and, and over here as well, they've constantly got this sort of rivalry that's ongoing. And it's uh, that, I'm guessing that's a clear example of like brand personality in action. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's one that comes to mind for me is uh, Wendy's and Taco Bell. They have a very kind of like uh, tongue in cheek, a little bit sassy personality. And so if you tweet at them, you're going to get something funny back. And it's almost like um, their consumers and their customers enjoy that entire experience. And to the point where they're seeking it out, right? They're, it's part of their entertainment. It's part of their everyday. And that's really the goal of a lot of these businesses is they want people to, you know, if they're hungry, they think of their brand. So they want to be in their everyday lives. And social media is such like a unique way to do that. And so, you know, have fun with it. Um, even if your brand is a little more serious, you can still connect with people on a one-to-one level um, by, you know, adding some sort of personality in there, um, even if it's like a big cause or something like that. So yeah, definitely figure out a way you can add in some personality and have fun with it. Mm. I always think of Pizza Hut along those lines. Yeah, it's, it's always fast food, isn't it? KFC yeah. is another one. It always comes back to fast yeah, food. Yeah, it lends it lends itself to it really well, I think. But like you said, like some businesses that are more serious, perhaps, do you find that they're still struggling with the fact that um, consumers are switching off to more corporate broadcasting messages, but it's not as easy for them to take the humorous route? Yeah, I do. I do see um, some of the more serious brands getting in a little bit of trouble that way. Um, the one that comes to my mind is PETA. Um, they talk about, you know, a lot of like um, animal advocacy. And uh, I do think sometimes they take it a little too seriously. But also one of the things about that brand is that they have um, they still have those influencers speaking for them. And I still think that's a really huge way that some of these local brands, these giant companies, can leverage kind of adding a little bit more personality to uh, something that's serious by having these icons kind of bring their own values and thoughts to the table. Um, even if they do some sort of takeover of, of their accounts, that could be interesting, or a Twitter chat. Um, some of those things can be a really interesting way to add um, some dynamic pieces to their brand and to their content without having to rely on just like the serious nature of what they do. Yeah, of course. And and sort of like a follow up to that, why why is it do you think that consumers are switching off to just like billboard broadcasting messages? Yeah, I think we're just tuning it out. I mean, we've been looking at this for a long time now. Social media is still kind of a little bit of the wild, wild west. But even if you think about other marketing avenues like um, commercials, for instance, we fast forward through those now because we all record our shows that we like or we just pay for Netflix, which has no commercials anyways. And so when brands are doing this like broadcast style communication, we start to tune that out. We start to kind of ignore those kind kinds of, um, of messages because it doesn't feel like it's personalized to us. It just feels like something that's pushed out and, you know, maybe it relates to someone else, but we can't see ourselves in that messaging. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested to know your, from your perspective, Andrea, as well, is how this has uh, sort of impacted the social media landscape itself. So, I mean, for instance, Facebook with F8 recently, the, the sort of uh, notion that we took from that is that it's all sort of about direct messages now it's going to be in very private spheres and groups. 
Yeah, I do see a shift going that way. Um, and so it's important that we kind of start um, like moving with that shift. I wouldn't try to resist it too much. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I kind of view it as when the internet first started. My personal experience with the internet was going into forums as a Harry Potter nerd. So I would go and talk about, you know, what the next book would be about. <laughs> um, and that was in a very, like, very specific private forum. And so I do see having sort of that forum style of community building having a resurgence. People will start connecting with um, individuals who have the same topics uh, and likes and dislikes as they do. Um, but another thing that businesses can do is just encourage more conversation publicly on their Facebook pages. So one of the things that um, Facebook is also encouraging is dialogue among users. So posts that see kind of a conversation back and forth between the different followers of the page is going to have a bigger impact than a post where people are just liking it and continuing to scroll. So you can still kind of encourage that conversation publicly. Obviously, you can do some things privately with Facebook groups and some direct messaging strategies. Um, but even just, you know, encouraging conversation in any way, I think that's really where the goal is going to be in the next um, upcoming years. Mm. All roads lead back to meaningful engagement. Definitely. So yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, so a, a definition we've sort of toured over for many times, isn't it? Yeah. But also I think uh, it's interesting we mentioned Facebook, Twitter as well. Uh, it always seems the obvious one, I, I suppose, people think of with, with conversation, but they have, have been taking steps as well, I think, to improve public conversation, you know, with this in mind, I imagine, you know, uh, with threaded replies and and just making it easier to kind of, you know, have that engagement there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do see Twitter as a little bit of an underdog right now um, because they're trying to fight against, you know, Facebook and Instagram where a lot of attention is going. Um, but I think some important conversations are happening on Twitter and it's a lot easier to have just kind of that. I feel like it's a little more natural for consumers to have a conversation on Twitter. I mean, it feels more of like a dialogue. So I do see that also coming back a little bit more um, in the upcoming years. I, I'm excited at it. To to see how kind of this th these platforms evolve to reflect what consumers want because that's really that's really what is, what's happening here yeah I remember um so we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago about the difference between um these communication tools and then broadcasting tools um where would you draw that line where would you define it Oh, that's a good question. And um, I know we talked about this, and it's something that I talk about a lot. So hopefully I'm going to give the same answer. But uh, I think that, you know, the communication tools and broadcasting tools is a very blurry line. It is a like a bit of a gray area. Um, but I think that's tools like Twitter and, and direct messaging and um, having people kind of maybe um, go into an email funnel. Those are the things where we're going to start seeing people um, gravitate towards. And what we want to do is try to customize our messages for our different audiences so that it doesn't feel like a broadcast and it feels more specific to them. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this, um, but simple things like um, having your audience self-identify what they're interested in, and then you can deliver that content directly to them. Um, you know, things with chatbots, I know, or... Um, you know, 
text messaging and WhatsApp, those kinds of things are going to be really important tools for marketers because now you can have a one-to-one conversation with someone and customize it based on the, the information they've given you. And that will help kind of convert them into whatever you're trying to convert them to because they feel like they've gotten a customized message. And it's not just like a broadcasted style, billboard style communication. Mm, hopefully. I mean, do you think that the that line is going to get even blurrier now, like considering all the updates that came out of F8 and the focus on like one-to-one messaging and communication? It's They're sort of both trying to do the same job now. I definitely think so. I think it'll be interesting to see um, as well how we start using some more automation in there um, because, you know, people still want to feel like they're talking to a human, but as marketers, we want to make it as easy as possible for ourselves. So it'll be interesting to see how that blend kind of happens down the road. But absolutely, um, there's going to be a kind of a shift more to having direct messages, a shift more to -to one-to-one communication. um, And I see that that's going to be very important important. Um, I think the broadcast style is still important as well because people like to see, um, you know, what's happening. They like to get updates. They like to get news and that sort of thing. Um, But the actual conversion side, I definitely see that happening behind the scenes a little bit more. Andrea, I'm keen to know uh, about your sort of recommendations to brands who maybe fall outside of your immediate network, how they get a look in, how they sort of build trust. Because I can think that I've probably got you know, 10 brands who I'd communicate with at present, but anybody outside of that, how how do they get in? Yeah, I think that is tough because it's very crowded. And um, we have so many options that even your favorite brands, if they say or do something you don't like, you just go find somebody else. Um, So I do think it's important to um, have a lot of collaboration. So that's a really important one for brands is if you have another business who maybe is a little bit similar to you, but non-competing, their people are your people, you could definitely start speaking um, to those people and vice versa. Kind of like we're doing with this podcast podcast episode where I get to, you know, talk with your audience and they get to hear a a different perspective. Um, And so I think that'd be really important for brands to kind of look at ways that they can collaborate with new audiences, um, but also just really start understanding their their ideal client and customer even more and go to those places where they're hanging out. Um, I there's a new there's a new uh, app social media platform, you guys know of it, called TikTok, right? I downloaded it, didn't get it. So if if a brand or business is trying to market to me, they wouldn't probably go on TikTok. They'd probably go on a different platform, like maybe LinkedIn or Instagram. That's where I spend my time. So, you know, thinking about where those ideal clients, customers, consumers are spending their time and going and hanging out there and then combining that with um, interacting and engaging with the brands they already know and love can be a really powerful combination so that makes sure that you're connecting with the right people. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm interested to know, how does like marketing best practice differ um, in Canada where you are and, and in the States um, compared to the UK where we are? Because I know obviously we just touched on messaging apps. WhatsApp, for example, is massive over here for us. But um, in the US and Canada, Messenger, I believe, is the leading messaging app. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of differences around the world. Um, you know, And I think that it's hard for me to speak on the exact differences because I'm not 
like too too familiar with with um, what's kind of hot and trending in the UK right now. But uh, Messenger and WhatsApp is a big difference. So a lot of people use Facebook Messenger and now Instagram messages, um, where that's kind of like a pr- primary form of communication. It's almost like texting. Um, whereas WhatsApp is what um, a lot of people elsewhere in the world pretty much, or, or a lot of people are using WhatsApp as a form of communication. And so even big businesses are, you know, need to understand their markets and who who's using what, what tools are performing well, where. And I actually see that there probably will be more of a globalization of that. So a lot more businesses in North America are going to start using WhatsApp and then businesses elsewhere may start using Messenger more. Mm. I can imagine saying that, Andrea, you've seen the news about the uh, possible merger between the messaging apps. So WhatsApp and Messenger all coming together. It seems like a sort of perfect kind of solution to what you're saying now. Yeah, and it seems like Facebook's going to own the whole world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what bit of it isn't left at the moment? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, for sure. Are you, are you seeing then um, where you are more brands using Messenger as a marketing channel, say over like email marketing or otherwise? I am seeing that um, from the digital marketing space. So a lot of digital marketing companies have made a switch to using Messenger as a form to connect with people. Um, there, There is this a little bit of... Um, Inbox, like people are scared of their inbox and emails. And so I do see that some people, especially in digital marketing world, are, you know, backing away from the inbox a little bit. And so as a response to that, we're seeing more attention on Messenger. Um, but I think Facebook recently announced that things like chatbots are going to look a little bit different and um, like mass broadcast through Messenger are going to look a little different. So we're going to have to see how that plays out and adjust and pivot. But I do see more people kind of turning to those messengers because, again, it does feel more one-to-one than an email broadcast. Mm. Although I know you are quite um, an admirer of email marketing still. You still uh, champion it. (laughs) Can you explain a little bit why? I do love email because I think that there is, it it feels a a little more formal. And I do feel like as far as conversions go in in the studies that I've seen and kind of like, excuse me, anecdotal experiences that I've, I've had, there's still money in email marketing. And it's still a very powerful way to communicate with people. Um, when, when they get emails in their inbox, it's kind of like um, people like viewing them, going through them, reading them, interacting with them. I know personally, I like email as well. So I do think that there is a, a definite power in email. I don't see it going away. It's more so how can we layer in other forms of communication with that um, and layer in other strategies to make sure that we're still connecting with a, a lot of people. And I know like our millennials and younger um, may feel more comfortable with things like Messenger and that sort of thing. Um, But the vast majority of people still check their inbox at least once a day. And so even if they don't log on to Facebook that day or don't log on to Instagram, they're most likely going to check their inbox. And it's a really powerful way to kind of stay up to date with your potential people. Mm. But but when we talk about conversion Andrea, would you say that still leads to conversion when so when 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 it is at saturation point? I suppose email in, in ways like social. When it, when is is it possible to to convert? I suppose as as well now. I have to admit, whenever I get 
marketing emails because Gmail is really clever. It segments it by mm. your primary and then the important and then promotions. Anything in promotions, I will just tick all and then just delete them. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so maybe maybe I'm the only one still looking in there. But uh, no, I do, I do see that it's a challenge and some people are trying to get around that by sending emails that uh, Gmail will view as a personal email. So it may still hit your kind of inbox area and not the promotions area. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that it, it's going to be a challenge. And I think that, you know, as marketers, if we're really intentional about the communication that we have with our with our people, then that makes it a lot easier to uh, c- like have a, a strategy that actually does convert. I think the challenge is people are just looking at the numbers and they go, well, if email's converting, let me just blast out a million emails. And you still have to be intentional. We talked earlier about um, engagement and how important that is and conversation and how important that is. And that still applies to email marketing as well. Um, so I think it's a really great way to kind of stay updated and and stay connected with your people. But as long as it's intentional, I do feel um, we'll look forward to those emails and we'll end up opening them. Andrea, also uh, interested to know that over the the last five years, uh, when we talk about social, we really talk about in terms of video. Video has really uh, been such a powerful driver of engagement. Now we talk about messaging and more one-to-one. How much of a role do you think copywriting is going to play within that now, because that, that, I feel like that brings a whole new focus to the way we engage in the conversations we have. And I know there's chatbots and you have natural language processing, but it's one, I, I imagine you'll agree it's one thing to speak to somebody and another thing to speak to somebody with the intention of selling and converting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's, there is a sales language. And I actually think that, again, having like a more natural conversation helps, but also like merging the two. I remember, you know, five, six, seven years ago, like the, the rise of these internet marketers where it was like, oh, okay, that guy's an internet marketer. Like there was a certain way they spoke and they always had like a Lamborghini in their videos or whatever it may be. Um, and I think that I'm happy to see that kind of dying down and having more of a natural sales conversation with, with our potential prospects or clients. Um, so there is, there's an art, it's an art and a science to copywriting for sure. And it's going to be a very powerful tool for businesses to invest in learning how to speak speak the language of their customers, but also learning how to speak a sales language as well. Mm. We've spoken about some of the brands doing it well as well, Andrea. Uh, you know, we've spoken a lot in terms of uh, fast food. Who else is on your radar, would you say, of brands that are really leading the way in this space at the moment? Yeah. So oh, that's such a good question. Um I think there are certain brands like there's this one brand that I really love how they communicate with their audience. And it's a little bit of a funny one, but it's called Poopery. And it's like it sounds you like spray something in your toilet bowl and it makes it smell wonderful. And so it's like the actual product is a little bit odd, but they've added a whole level of comedy to it. They've got this actress who is kind of like the face of their brand and it makes it fun to follow along with their content and it makes it interesting to be connected with them and, and engaged with them. And so, you know, looking at how some of these brands are leveraging language and leveraging personality and leveraging um, like like a, kind of like an icon, a symbol for, for what they're doing is just a really interesting seat 
thing to see from a marketing perspective because that's the kind of stuff I get excited about. I'm excited to follow along and look and see. And um, if I ever need something like that, then they would be the first person I would think of. Yeah. Because they yeah. built that relationship, I suppose, that that sort of uh, that, that mindset, that connection already. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I've, I've seen the stuff they do. I agree. It is, it is like it works definitely for, for that kind of uh, business. Um, but coming back to this idea, then this wider concept of brands adopting personalities. Now, we've seen like a few brands do it, but not uh, as well as others. And where the issues come is because obviously when brands start acting like people and people have opinions, brands are finding themselves having to adopt opinions on certain topics, which doesn't always work out well because at the end of the day, um, these companies have to remember that they're representing a business. Um, where where do you see that going? Do you think that these personality brands could run into a bit of trouble if it gets carried away? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nike comes to mind with some of the um, connections that they've made in the past where the their fans are actually getting outraged and like burning product because they're so incensed by who they've partnered with. And so there is a danger in the messaging um, at, when brands start using either personalities or creating their own personality. There is a danger of kind of towing the line. Um, I do think right now that that's a little um, sensational and people like it, and I think brands like it as well because more people are talking about it, even if it's negative press, um, more people are kind of talking about that brand. My hope is that we'll see um, more um, brands who are actually contributing and having um more of a uh, like a, a giving personality and kind of taking a stance for something and, and that is kind of the foundation of their brand um, one that comes to mind is tom's shoes where they you know every time someone purchases a shoe they give a shoe and that's the foundation of their company and it's a very good foundation to have on it they don't kind of switch back and forth it's like oh one day we do this one day do they, we do that no it's like very in Inner, ingrained and intertwined into what they do. And so I'm my hope is that brands will start doing more things like that and they'll stop chasing kind of like the hot topic of the moment and really focus in on something that's more of a foundational um, um, thing that they can rest on and, and have people look to them for and become known for that thing. I think there's so much more power in that than kind of chasing whatever people can get outraged at right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm hoping as well. It's more of like a learning curve, and in like the next five Definitely. five odd years, we'll see brands actually starting to do it really well, and maybe learn from others' past mistakes. I, I completely agree, and there does seem to be a shift to these sustainable businesses that are doing more. I know we talk about sort of uh, cause marketing and whatnot, and I know big FMCG brands are doing it very well. But I think social obviously gives that opportunity to to be that kind of brand to be a sustainable brand in more in more ways than none and I, I suppose you know you even look at it now a lot of brands is it, it almost feels like you know brands are saying look it doesn't matter if you don't buy our products but here our message we are doing xyz and that seems very powerful indeed mm -hmm. absolutely and there's even small things that brands can do um, back to the fast food example where some fast food restaurants now only have paper straws versus plastic straws that came about from a social media movement because people were sharing how they felt about the plastic and and how much damage it's causing to the world and so brands responded to that by changing their entire process around straws and so there's so, something so 
powerful about that. And it's such a small change. And yeah, it happened kind of like in a moment, but it's it's the the ripple effect of that is still happening today, which I love. Yeah. And people say social media only does harm. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you're I, absolutely I, right. I do. I feel like I've seen, you're, you're completely right. I've seen a few examples of this lately where um, the, I think the, the famous one over here is uh, Carlsberg, uh, which we brought up on this uh, podcast a, f- a few times. So uh, Carlsberg, the beer brand, basically said, you know, uh, we've listened to the comments on social media and Twitter and we've decided that our beer maybe isn't the best in the world, so we're going to change it. Yeah, and that, like that, that to me is like quite a fascinating concept, you know, this this sort of consumer-led change that's happening with brands that, 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 that like you say, Andrea, is happening at these, uh, you know, the ground level, at the messaging yeah, absolutely. And so it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to see. And none of this has been done before. So we're still all trying to figure out how to navigate social media. Um, but these are examples of really great, powerful ways that social media can change the way we live and change the way businesses do business. Mm, absolutely. And do you think a lot of that comes down to um, like brands and companies being more open to having a more, um, I guess, one-to-one, like natural conversation with their customers and I guess it works both ways, doesn't it? If you go down to their level, then like, you're also enabling yourself to listen to, to them as well. Exactly. You're opening up the door for conversation and you have to be willing as a business to listen to that conversation. So if you're positioning your brand as a personality or you're positioning your brand as open to those one-to-one conversations, then um, listen and react and you know engage with the people who are kind of opening themselves back up to you. Yeah. So I think it's it's really fun to see and it's so, so powerful. It's, I'm really interested to see what happens next. Like we talk a lot about what happens next and um, I think it's going to be very interesting next five years. If you could make a prediction, what, what would you predict? I predict that um, we're we're going to actually see people using social media a little bit less in the next five years. So brands are going to have to be a lot smarter about their marketing. Um, they're going to have to be a lot more intentional about their marketing. And I don't think that means we need to stop using social media. I think it was... Um, Lush recently who stopped using um, social media. I don't think that's necessarily the answer. I think there's still a lot of um, opportunities to communicate with people. We just have to be more, we have to be a little smarter about what we're doing on social media and think about why people are using it less and how you can continue to connect with them in a meaningful way and not just posting things for the sake of posting something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting you say Lush. I, I always wonder if that will be a decision that they live to regret, not based on sales or based on anything else, but based on the direction that social media is taking now. Um, because I know for somebody who has a sort of uh, on and off uh, you know, relationship with, with, with certain platforms, it, it definitely makes me want to you know, spend more time in certain places. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even myself. So for me, I have my notifications turned off. It's just, it's a lot. So I check in several times a day. I'm very intentional about that because it can feel overwhelming and it can feel a little bit like, what am I doing? Um, and so I do, I definitely see a shift it collectively as humankind where we're, we're going to start questioning how much time we spend on these platforms. So it's not necessarily we need to delete it. And I do, I do think they'll regret it um, down the road because it, it's still such a powerful way to communicate and connect with people. Um, but that being said, there are things we can do to still make sure 
sure we're connecting with people and make sure we're communicating with the right people. And, um, you know, it's, it's a journey to figure out what that is, a lot of trial and error. But um, I don't think giving up is the right approach. No, I think they'll be out of sight, out of mind. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Although, and then, and then lastly, to sort of end it on, Andrea, can you to get your thoughts on um, how you think social media might now with this new sort of framework impact other areas of media? So out of home, I, I, I often see print ads and out of home campaigns that look you know, uh, we've seen it before with brands adopting TechSpeak. Now it looks to be this sort of one-to-one personalization kind of uh, trend that they're taking on. Do you, do you think there's there's an impact for across the rest of the landscape? Oh, absolutely. I think um, one of the platforms that I think could really do this well is something like Netflix, which isn't social, but I, I'm interested to see how they um, ingrain themselves in a social way. So, for instance, one of the things you can do now if you're watching Netflix on your phone is share that to Instagram stories. You can share what you're watching Instagram stories with a link that goes back to Netflix. And so there's a lot of kind of intermingling happening between some of these non-social companies and platforms and social marketing. Um and, and I think we'll start seeing that in print, in television ads, and all sorts of different mediums where we're we're having more of an integrated experience, and we're having more of an integrated marketing kind of strategy where um, you know someone can see something on Twitter and then they see something very similar, you know, in a, on a billboard or in a magazine, and they're gonna look the same that's how i see it going i couldn't agree more interesting Perfect. Yeah. yeah well we will watch this space i'm sure yeah andrea fantastic speaking to you thanks so much for joining us yeah from Absolutely. canada and we'll hopefully speak to you soon yeah, yeah thank you so much for i was gonna say like coming on the show but <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's still yes. you're still coming yes, on the show exactly. just from afar <laughs> yeah this has been fun and i'm really excited for what's to come fabulous thank you very much lovely we'll see you again that. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. <laughs>